You're listening to sermons from St. Macarios the Great, Orthodox Mission in Hyde Park. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory be forever. I want all of you to use your imagination this morning and try to picture the scene. the week before Passover, the city of Jerusalem is swamped with pilgrims. Rather than the usual 50,000 inhabitants, the city has swelled to some 200,000 for this week of Passover. So it's loud, it's crowded, it's chaotic. Everywhere, the hearts and minds of the people are aflame. There's movement everywhere you look, energy, as people are making preparations for the Passover, arranging places to stay, purchasing goods and services, and perhaps discussing the unpalatable presence of the Praetorian Guard, the usual dispatch of Roman imperial soldiers charged with keeping the peace in a city that was a tinderbox. And what should happen in the midst of this great commotion, this great activity at the gates of the city of Jerusalem? A big procession, soldiers, marching in formation, perhaps a trumpet blast, but certainly full military regalia. And in the midst of this crowd of soldiers rides Pontius Pilate, seated upon a mighty war horse. Pontius Pilate, the Roman procurator of the region of Judea, a man appointed by the emperor Tiberius to control, to subordinate an unruly province of the empire. And so he enters this city as he does every year as a show of force to remind those pilgrims in Jerusalem of the threat of Roman power of Roman dominance and supremacy, which guards and maintains what they call the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. Now, meanwhile, on the other side of the city, there's another entrance, much simpler in its extravagance, but no less significant in its meaning. Jesus, the simple craftsman, carpenter, turned rabbi, dressed in humble clothing, followed by his ragtag group of unwashed fishermen, rides into the city, 
not on a great war horse, but on a colt, the foal of a donkey. A picture of meekness and humility. And as we heard in the gospel, the people proclaim him as king. Exult greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout for joy, O daughter Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. A just savior is he, humble, riding on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And he shall banish the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The warrior's bow will be banished and he will proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion will be from sea to sea and from rivers to the ends of the earth. We heard that last night at at Great Vespers. The message of these two entries could not be visually and theologically more different. Rome's imperial display offered several promises. Pilate's presence promised peace and freedom, but one through a display of military power. And the so-called peace of Rome was secured through violence, warfare, conquering, suppressing dissidents and enemies. And the so-called freedom of Rome was maintained at the point of a spear. Jesus' entry on the other hand, similarly promises peace and freedom and even power, but not on Rome's terms. Rather than the peace that's secured through violence, our Lord demonstrates the peace of God granted by the Holy Spirit, the peace that passes understanding. Rather than the freedom secured through the violent maintenance of order, our Lord demonstrates the freedom of long-suffering love. His entrance was a display of kingly power, yes, but power of a different sort. His triumphal entry was a display of the ultimate and unconquerable power of love. The power of love that grants people peace through inner and outer transformation of their hearts and their lives. The power of love that grants freedom to the children of God through overcoming, first of all, the demands of their ego. Secondly, the vainglory of our pride. And thirdly, the lust of our desires, of our passions. So Christ's entry into into Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday is actually a display of counter-hegemonic power, the counter-hegemonic power of love. He comes enacting 
and granting peace and freedom through this power, the greatest power in the universe. So powerful it can even overcome sin and death. And so when the Roman Empire saw this display, saw this entry, and especially how this entry led Jesus into the temple where he cleansed it, when the leaders of the people saw this, when they saw the true kingship of our Lord, his reign on full display, they conspired to kill him. Like all prophets before him, they killed the righteous one. His triumphal entry this Palm Sunday cannot obviously be celebrated without knowing what comes next, without knowing that he is heading to his cross. That's precisely what the symbol of the palm is, in fact. As I spoke about last night, the palm is a symbol of both victory and martyrdom at the same time. So our Lord comes in as king, but knowing he comes in to die. But of course, we also know that the power of love is not so easily defeated. Corruption and death could not hold the body of the righteous one. Now, the joy of the resurrection that we anticipate even now was able to defang the greatest weapon of the empires of this earth, the threat of death. The power of love displayed in the resurrection shows forth the weakness, the utter weakness of peace bought by violence. It shows forth the utter weakness of freedom through domination. The true power is located in a love which conquers even death. As the Song of Solomon says, For love is strong as death, longing is fierce as Sheol, its arrows are arrows of fire, its flames of the divine. Deep water cannot quench love, nor rivers sweep it away. Were one to offer all the wealth of his house for love, he would be utterly despised. Or as the great 20th century Orthodox theologian and priest, Father Sergei Bulgakov says, the Lord desired to manifest himself as king prior to his voluntary passion. And it was in fulfillment of this desire that he accomplished his royal entry, not as a violent conqueror, but as the victor over death. The meek king, offering salvation and conquering hearts, beloved and reigning by the power of love. So this feast that we celebrate today, this feast of our Lord's entry into Jerusalem, Palm Sunday, we are invited to see Christ, the King. And in waving our palm branches, we place ourselves among the disciples, among the followers of Jesus, among the children and among the crowds, who celebrated our Lord's reign. We place ourselves as people of peace and freedom, one through the power of long-suffering love. We place ourselves among those who see Christ's victory and his reign in the cross as his royal scepter, 
And we are invited to take up our own cross as we wave these palms. Because as we sing in one of the stikira of the feast from Great Vespers last night, on this day, the grace of the Holy Spirit has gathered us together so that all of us who have taken up the cross of Christ can say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. Amen.